Today's episode is brought to you by the Ringer University Podcast. That's where you can find teed up hosts Mark Titus and Tate Frazier breaking down every game during March Madness. Subscribe to the Ringer University right now and let our college basketball experts be your buddies for the whole tourney. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I'm David Shoemaker, joined as always by the man in black. <laughs> the man Schilling. who is black, also. I, oh, that's really offensive. Hey, I man, I said it. There. I can say it. Um, you're like one of those like like Reddit trolls who just like you know like says terrible things about black people, and then says like, "Hey, man, I'm black. It's okay. It's all good. Yeah, it's fine." Stack guy Greg does that all the time. No, yeah. he doesn't. I'm just kidding. Um, Speaking of which, uh, Rosenberg had a cool interview with Triple H this week. Yeah, I mean... We're like, going to talk a little bit about Triple oof. H later. Also, speaking of cool interviews, we did a cool interview yesterday with uh, the most famous man in professional wrestling, Bruce Pritchard. He is mo- the most famous man in professional wrestling Definitely now. the most over man. Yeah. I mean, the, f- the former brother love himself. It was really fun to get to talk to him. He was great. We love his podcast. And uh, if you guys stick around to the end of the show, we're going to tease uh, our interview with him. Just, you know, a quick snippet of it and all next week we're going to be dropping episodes uh, little mini episodes of him going over the Wrestlemania card um, and us going over the Wrestlemania card yeah I mean and maybe some other people going over the Wrestlemania card there's going to be a lot of Wrestlemania talk next week <sighs> next week's going to be going to be a big week on the amazing feed of the Masked Man show um, which by the way review it five stars on iTunes very helpful um, or, you know, review it four stars, but don't review it anything less. Yeah, please. Um, listen, before we get uh, too deep into the show this week, we got a lot of WrestleMania talk, and like I said, that interview will be at the end of the show, as discussed. Um, but before we get into it, just uh, I want to say, um, just, you know, send out uh, prayers and well wishes to Jim Ross and his wife, Jan. I've, um, uh, I'm sure everybody has probably saw online that she got into a bad uh, Vespa accident. Um, I've had the um, the honor and and pleasure of meeting lots and lots of pro wrestlers and pro wrestling talent over the years. Um, and I got to tell you, like I can't even I couldn't rank the number of geek out moments I've had getting to meet some of my idols from childhood and just people I really respect working backstage. I say this not uh, I'm not this isn't an overstatement to say that my favorite human being that I've ever met related to pro wrestling is Jan Ross. And um, I've had the honor of having dinner with her a couple of times and just talking to her in VIP areas. And she's just the most um just honest and 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 uh, good-hearted and amazing person and you hear this kind of thing all the time but she balances out jr so well and in a very real way this is this is the shoot guys uh and i mean they're just perfect together so uh um yeah it's it, it's just terrible news it's that's that's coming over the wire and and, and uh, i just really hope for the best and 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 for jr too um dave you have anything you need to chime in on that i mean obviously I'm I'm really bummed out, and uh, you know my best wishes are to both of them. And, and everything I've heard about Jan and about Jim has been positive. People always say that that Jim is is one of the nicest guys on the planet. And uh, you know I've never met Jan, unfortunately, compared to you, who's gotten to to hobnob with the Ross family. But uh, you know I've heard great things about her as well, and 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 I hope for the best. I really do. Um, all right, moving onward. Um, uh, this was 
it felt like we were running behind uh, in WrestleMania setup for about the last month and a half, just compared to where we usually are. And as these things as these things uh, get set up, I actually talked about this with Pritchard a little bit uh, when we interviewed him that. It used to be not that long ago that you could that you knew the entire WrestleMania card coming out of the Royal Rumble, and even though we had heard rumors, there was very little on TV to indicate anything outside of you know Triple H versus Rollins, and even that was who knows you know. Uh, but finally, things have have all kind of come into focus. We discussed this last week, and and now they're just sort of polishing and sticking in the knife a little bit. Um, there are a couple of really big moments that we want to talk about that happened this week, but the one that is freshest in both of our memories was uh, Shane McMahon jumping off the top turnbuckle to outside the ring on the announce table to uh, you know try to uh, you know incapacitate AJ Styles. It was a cool moment, but it felt a little bit familiar. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Um... And when I came in here today, you were watching it again, and I was like, well, what are you watching this for again? Didn't you watch the show? And you're like, well, check this out. And then he showed me the exact same angle from last year on Raw. Where 50, she, 51 weeks ago, almost to the day. Yeah, so it was also the like the penultimate Raw before WrestleMania, you right? you got to put Shane over. I mean, I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but it was it's the moment where you prove Shane is a, is a threat. And and it worked once. This is pro wrestling. Let's just roll it back again. As a matter of fact, Shane, do you have the same Henley that you wore last year and the same set of pair of jeans? Because uh, it's uh, it, it, we we really need to make sure that this is the most reminiscent scene possible. So he was wearing the same clothes, as you pointed out. The only you know major difference is the angle. The camera angle was different. They yeah. shot him from the other uh, other side of the announce table. Well, which sort of exposed that he doesn't really nail that. Actually, elbow. I think the original Raw. I mean, this is going only on memory. The original Raw airing, he looked like he missed. Yeah, uh, and I think that what we just watched was the reverse angle that makes it look a little bit. He better. usually does, though. He's, I don't think. I kind of feel like with the, and, and on that spot, you try to miss. Yeah, because he does this sort of thing where his arm is is flailing a little bit and isn't quite. He's not bending it so that there's a sharp elbow it's sort of floppy and then he comes down on his back first as opposed to like a macho man elbow where it really looks like it hurts i'm not saying that shane mcmahon is not a daredevil and a remarkable athlete it's just not the best working elbow i've seen i think with shane in general you just have to suspend disbelief i mean not that you don't know professional wrestling but he does some things that are so great that you just got to go with it. Yeah, I mean, we're marking for the the attempt, for the the fact that he's so fearless. Yeah. As opposed to, I can't believe he pulled off this seamless move. Because even the the Van Terminator he did on Vince at WrestleMania 17 wasn't flawless. No. It wasn't like RVD did it. But it was good enough where it's like, wow, I can't believe Shane McMahon pulled off that spot and didn't kill himself. Yeah. No, it's 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 true, man. I mean, listen, I, I was... Uh, I was. I said it last week. I could. They just waited so long to pull the trigger on the Shane AJ thing, and I get it. You got They 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 were using AJ to build suspense in the in the SmackDown title picture, um, 
but you know, I mean, that's what's so funny about the fact that they just redid the same angle. It's like, well, what have we got in the drawer? Yeah, <laughs> it's also it's also kind of mind blowing to think of how much different what uh, the difference a year can make to Shane McMahon. I, I love Shane and, and and I'm probably more excited about this match than your average smart mark listening to the show. Um, but man, a year ago he was the, like the number one wrestler in the company. He was so over. <laughs> he's not. He's still over. He's not quite mm-hmm. as over. And I tell you that spot is just it pops every live crowd. It doesn't matter who it is. The elbow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no reason not to run it back. Like I said, um, it was. I mean, this is another example of. Uh, uh, before the elbow just kind of took me out of everything, and I started think, watching old Undertaker Shane highlights. The the, th- the the thought that was on my mind was that like AJ came into the ring, uh, like by appearances he came in to apologize, and Shane just beat him up. Now, listen, I, I'm not going to make some like meta argument about how the faces are heels and everything else because you know Hulk Hogan was raking backs in <laughs> what, back in 1984, um, but. I, I was kind of confused as to whether or not AJ was lying. You know, does, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, was, well, was that a false apology so that he could take a swing and then Shane just swung first, or like, or was AJ actually sorry? I mean, I think it was not intended to be so ambiguous. <laughs> I just feel like Shane was probably like really hot and decided he was just going to go for it or something. But I think the intention was that he was being disingenuous because he's a heel because he's AJ Styles because that's what he does. But that it just would, it seemed like they skipped the step. They would they should just make Shane a heel GM or or wait, is it a commissioner? What is he? He's a commissioner. Yeah. And Daniel Bryan is the GM. Right. They should make him heel commish. And just like once a month, he fires somebody by elbowing them through an announce table. <laughs> just straight up, like he comes to work every week with a black eye and like blood running down his forehead. Some jerk beat me up in the parking lot. No, so no, no just self-inflicted. It. Oh, he's beating himself up. <laughs> yeah, okay, running his head against walls. Speaking of Commissioner Mick Foley, was fired this week. Yep, no longer the general, general manager. manager. Yeah, I mean the titles are interchangeable. They've been used in various ways. I remember Teddy Long was the assistant general manager to Vicky Guerrero. Well, these, for a while. at least now in the brand, brand split era, Vince was very clear about his children being commissioners and the. For, they were appointing GMs. Yeah, I know. I know there's a there's a contingent of people out there on Reddit or or various message boards who are sick of the McMahons, but it's the most logical way to set up a brand split. Of all right, I got two kids, I got two TV shows. <laughs> yeah. You get one TV show, you get another TV show. Um, me, there's not more McMahons. We just have so much more wrestling content. Linda could be the general manager of NXT. Yeah, she's managing her own pro wrestling promotion right now down in Washington. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, Mick Foley is no longer the GM. I guess Triple H gets NXT. That's a he's a McMahon. Yeah, he's basically a McMahon. Um, they start. They got to bring Rod, Rod McMahon, <laughs> Vince's brother. Vince has a mystery, mysterious brother named Rod. I'll be damned. And there, the the stories that I the story that I heard is that the, is that Creative hat has a had a plan for bringing Rod in for like a decade, and the, and they just could never pull the trigger. Because Lord it. knows we need another one. Because <laughs> the, the, the funny they, thing is, if they brought in Rod McMahon, like nobody would believe it was really Vince's <laughs> brother, and if they, like it wouldn't make any difference at all. Imagine WrestleMania 2000 if there's a McMahon in every corner, but Rod McMahon shows up with oh, let's say I don't know Albert. <laughs> <laughs> Albert oh, is in the main great. event. Um, I got to say, that was a great segment to lead Raw. Raw was really hot. 
up until Brooklyn, man. Yeah, Brooklyn I mean, was I miss on fire. Kind of watching wrestling at Barclays Center. It's a great man. The crowds really show up. Man. Yeah, but then they totally took a dump on Bailey and Nia Jax and. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. Did I was you miss watching. It? You know what? I, I, you, you know how I am, man. I, I, understand. Like, I tune out. Fa- I tune out the crowd noise and the and the announcers like sixty percent of the time, and not on purpose. Like I just some sort of like unless the crowd is doing something really specific. They were chanting for Paige. Um, <laughs> they were chanting for Paige during the match. We will not be. This is a formal announcement that we will not be commenting on any uh, sex tapes that have been leaked this week. Um, I thought that I thought that Bailey Nia Jax match was really fun. Yeah, that's why I was so bummed. They were chanting for Paige, uh, but not to dwell on that too much. They were they were on fire for Mick Foley. Mick Foley reciprocated and cut a great promo, tearing up his index cards. Triple H comes out, cuts an even better promo. Stephanie's great in that segment, and then Sami Zayn steps up, comes out, and they set up the uh, the first match of the night. Him and Samoa Joe. I thought it was excellently paced. I thought everybody was on their game, and I thought it did, even though Sami Zayn lost, he got over. He got over, stepping up to Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Man, there's nothing I I love more on the wrestling internet than people lamenting the Sami Zayn spot in the company. Um, he's golden, man. He's fine. Don't worry about Sami Zayn. I think, I, think I said Zane. it three weeks ago or something like that. But like, this is who Sami Zayn is now. Listen, we can all be afraid that his career is going to follow the arc of like Dolph Ziggler or something like that. But I mean, Sami Zayn gets put in these positions to. I mean, if it's if you don't even if you're not winning, you're getting you can get yourself over. You can you're in the you know some semblance of the spotlight. And he's just close enough to the per, you know periphery of the main event picture that when they decide to pull the trigger, he'll be right there. Yeah, and he's got you know connections in the in the office <laughs> that are going to make sure he's never going to be Dolph Ziggler. He's a Triple H guy. Yeah, he's also. I mean, there's there's stories, but I mean, this is not reporting. This is you know stuff that I've heard from other people, from other people who know stuff. Uh, I mean, he's he he speaks his mind backstage. Oh, yeah. he's, he spoke his mind. He's spoken his mind on like WWE programming, on like the Breaking Ground show and stuff like that. Yeah. Like he's a he's uh, you know he's he's a he's a he's a full fully formed character backstage. But I don't think anybody's mad at him. So uh, it's a uh, yeah he'll he'll be there. Um, Let me ask you this. All I'm saying is yeah. if you want to if you want to fear if you want to like actually do like a. Uh, kayfaber metric breakdown of like his and Ziggler's <laughs> career arc, and say like this is the this is what we're worried about this moment. Where if you pass this moment and your push is dwindled, then whatever, that's fine. I don't want to hear how he's getting buried about how his like his push is over or anything like that. He's it's an like, underdog. Come on, this is it's just semantics, and there's not there's not a I mean there's not a roster spot for everybody in the main event at WrestleMania. Um, I, I, f- I feel okay about saying He's going to be fine. Kayfaber metrics is the best thing you've ever said. Second thing, let me ask you, who's your next Raw general manager, if you could pick anybody? Well, I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know what counts as spoilers anymore in pro wrestling. The rumors is that it's going to be Kurt Angle. Right. Um, and I think that would be a funny Kurt Angle-y role. I watched a lot of Kurt Angle footage this week, unrelated sort of to... Uh, you know the Hall of Fame. I guess there's not much difference. Um, he's uh, skinny. Kurt Angle was the scariest Kurt Angle. You remember in TNA where he was like training for the Olympics and he dropped down to like like a buck ninety or yeah, something his, like he that. He didn't have a neck anymore. Oh my gosh, he was so scary. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, I, I will say I think Angle is an incredibly talented 
comic actor, but that was just never my favorite angle. Like I just wanted sort of like monster in the ring, tough guy angle. See, I was always a mark for Kurt Angle drinking glasses of milk and flirting with Stephanie McMahon and playing the the ukulele with Steve Austin. Well, the, that that whole Austin angle thing, I wish I wish that there was like I want to I want a documentary about that. Maybe after <laughs> Simmons gets done with the Andre the Giant thing, we can just do two hours on what that what that was supposed to be. Or we can ask our new friend Bruce Pritchard to do an episode <laughs> of something to wrestle. Uh, that was so great. But I mean, th- that was so far. I think that there. I don't mind him being a, an inherently funny. Uh, character as a wrestler, you know, but I think just uh, sometime when he was like G- when he was the GM, was he the GM of SmackDown previously? Yeah. When he was in the wheelchair, or yeah, he was injured. That's like he, that he a little, little bit, a little bit too much. I just think it just shows a little bit too much ass. I don't mind it. Like it's not again. It's, it's just my not my cup of tea. I'm not critiquing the product or anything. But the uh, but yeah. So anyway, I think he would be. I think he would be really good at that. Well, what are some? Do you have any other ideas that, that you were thinking of? <laughs> Broken Matt Hardy. Imagine the broken Ooh. universe taking over Monday Night Raw. So the rumors, re- the rumors popped up yesterday that both the Hardy signed contracts. Right. We talked about it. We, we fantasy booked a little Ring of Honor thing a few weeks ago. Uh, Do you think it's more or less likely that that's going to happen? I don't, if, if you want to indulge my conspiracy theory, this is this can be evidence because they were free agents, and if WWE was acquiring the whole kit and caboodle, they'd probably still have to sign the Hardys like, right. clean as WWE employees. Right. Because their they're, they're Ring of Honor contracts are short-term. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Broken Matt Hardy would be really good. Although, that's a little bit too much. I want a guy or gal um, who can work straight, like, 75% of the time. Somebody with it, like, Daniel Bryan is perfect. He's got, he's got a backstory. He's got... He can. He's got enough character to really get invested in the storyline when it calls for it. But most of the time, he's just a sort of gruff GM backstage. You're not not always gruff. He's just like a human being, you know, who is making matches because that's his job. And it doesn't. Everything doesn't have to be. You know, the GM isn't doing everything because of some like arch plan to wrest control of the company for or whatever, or or because they're a heel, you know, or whatever. Uh, um, you know, McFoley's Mick heyday was those old shows where he would pop up as a guest GM and do the clipboard shows. You know, what I mean, yeah. like that, that stuff is always so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, what's to be lost? I mean, what's to be what, what does Raw lose by starting off every episode and just saying, like, guess what? Here are six matches. Well, that's what it used to happen. It it, it only became there only became a superstructure of matchmaking in the Attitude Era when. They decided to say that Vince McMahon is the owner of the company, and he gets to make the matches, and he has all the control. Oh, no, no, I know, but yeah. like, why not have every show just feel like, or a lot of shows just feel like a clipboard show? Instead of having, why do we need to find out matches are happening by like the Michael Cole-voiced bumpers at the end of the first segment, when he's just like, and tonight, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Presumably this is on Twitter earlier. Yeah. I'm not checking WWE's Twitter feed to find out what matches are tonight. But like, I would just start off every show by just the GM coming out and just being like, "Guess what? Here's the here's we got the a lot of stuff. Yeah. Bailey versus Nia Jax is a really good match. Like, I'm excited about this. You yeah, know? I would prefer that to what they do now, which is you know promos or or weird justifications for having matches, or like what they did on Monday to to circle back to the original topic is. You had to have Mick Foley get fired, and then you had to have Sami Zayn come out, and then Sami Zayn had to challenge Stephanie 
who then brings out Samoa Joe so that they can have their match. And and you could have just said Samoa Joe is wrestling Sami Zayn tonight. Yeah, I, I don't listen. I don't mind if the things happen organically, but I would just like it's just fun for me when you start off a show and you're like, we have wrestling tonight, and not just like <laughs> I have a thing. To, I have I have some grievances to voice. You know, right? Like absolutely. Uh, it is. You know, it's a little bit melodramatic. Anyway, speaking of melodrama. Um, and by the way, I'll think of somebody who would be a great GM for this show. Our guest at the end of the episode, Bruce Pritchard, is, would if he weren't employed by TNA, would be really <laughs> awesome right now. Just bring back Brother Love. Um, wouldn't that be a great WWE heel move if they just got a, a fake Brother Love as a GM? <laughs> no one would know what it was. I guess um, it depends on the crowd. If they're if they're in like Philly, people would know. If you gotta do a if you gotta do a uh, if you gotta do an old wrestler, I mean the problem is you just don't know Kevin Nash. He's too big. You gotta go somebody Someone who like, looks a little bit human. That's why Daniel Bryan's so great because yeah. people like look giant standing next and to him. And he has a specific rationale for never getting physical with the, with the talent because yeah. he can't. You know, would be really okay. I have I have two ideas. Neither of them are good ideas from a uh, from a uh, rumor and innuendo perspective. But one, Jake the Snake Roberts would be a really great GM. Just like, I mean, who knows what is, you know, what life on the road would be like or whatever. But, I mean, if you, somebody who's like old, who's old enough that he's not, you're not worried about him getting in the ring and can just talk for days. Yeah. That would be really interesting. Two, the best heel, and you made me think of this. If you, if you want to go full on like Stephanie and Triple H heel move, just give it to X-Pac. Oh, man. Just Sean Waltman with his hair slicked back in a suit. I think that would be awesome. He would do a good job at that. Yeah. It would be hilarious. And you'd, you'd have the sort of like the click backstory to it. And, oh, I'm going to bury this guy, but I'm going to I'm going to get this guy over. And, you know, all the rumors about him being a prankster in the back. And like you can do little skits with him pretending to take a dump in someone's bag. It'd be great. It'd be great. <laughs> oh, man, that would be fun. OK, anyway, speaking of melodrama, as I was going to say, um, Raw ended with another big kind of hastily put together setup for WrestleMania and that's the uh, the Roman Reigns Undertaker battle for the yard again my question is Braun, uh, revolves around Braun Strowman although I, I don't want to like get too far ahead of myself here Th- they set up this match like it was going to be the blow off and clearly what we all knew what was going to happen. There were like nine video packages throughout the three hours of, here's the history of Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. I didn't realize there was so much history. I thought they just fought, they fought one time. It was it was a lot of buildup yeah. for an inevitable conclusion, which was The Undertaker appearing. Right. And uh, choke slamming Braun. Which didn't seem to go over well with The Undertaker. He looked a little pained by that. Well, Braun's a big guy. He's a big man. Um, and it didn't really go over well. It wasn't a good plan for The Undertaker to, because he set himself up to get speared. Yeah, why don't you just attack Roman Reigns in the parking lot? Braun Strowman is already... Well, yes, parking lots where all serious attacks should take place. Yeah. Uh, but Braun Strowman's already like showed his deference to The Undertaker. Like, Why is The Undertaker worried about Braun Strowman standing behind That's him? That's a good point. Um, I still think this is going to end up with Braun Strowman joining The Undertaker or... I mean, I guess he can't team up with Roman Reigns at this point. Well, Braun Strowman's a more over babyface than Roman Reigns is. So. He's got to be involved in that match, yeah. don't you think? Yeah, because he's not on the card. Maybe maybe we can have Braun Strowman. Did didn't I, did I fantasy book Braun Strowman as the underfaker last week? Wasn't yes, you that? did. Okay, yes. new new one. I'm fantasy booking Braun Strowman as guest referee for this match in the Shawn Michaels bicycle, like short shorts. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, I remember those. That was what he always wore when he was doing the "I'm the commissioner, but I'm also the special guest referee." Yeah, wouldn't this be? Wouldn't that be great? I don't know if I want to see Braun in bicycle shorts, but uh, you know, it'd be a f- it'd, it's great. Sure, it'd be like he'd be like the new Damian Sandow. Like, oh, I'm just gonna pretend to be everybody else on the roster. Listen, he's very deeply involved in this match. I feel. Like, I mean, in this feud, I feel like he should have a he should have a formal part in it. Yeah. And like guest ring announcer or whatever. That would actually be kind of funny. He too. could be a one man uh, lumberjack match. That's, there you go. Boom. Yeah. And also the referee. I'm not giving <laughs> up. Um, yeah. So, uh, do, uh, did we get any? I mean, did we, nothing, did anything change about that feud in that segment? No, Undertaker just reasserted himself. Basically, like I'm still a badass, but then also Roman Reigns asserted himself. So, you know, we're at the stalemate portion of the angle where everybody's got to look strong. Yeah. Um, but there really isn't a story here. It's 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 the simplest wrestling tale there is. Is I think I'm better than you. Oh, I I think you're not. Of all of the meta stories that that I mean, which I spend way too much time thinking about, the greatest meta story that's happening this year at WrestleMania is I don't know if Phil in the Blank can wrestle. <laughs> And uh, you're not talking about Maurice, are you? Well, no. I th- we know that she can work, but it's been a long time. But like, if you look at Undertaker, yep. Goldberg, yep. Uh, Shay- Shane McMahon, yeah. Um, well, I guess you can throw Maurice in there too. Yeah, she, um, it's been a long then, time since she worked a match. And then you go to like the kind of second level. I'm just like, I know I've seen this guy wrestle, but I'm sure I'm still not sure if he can wrestle. Like Baron Corbin. Barron's uh, had some good matches. Um, I, Let's I, throw Mojo Rawley in there, even though he's in a, a battle royal. We haven't really seen him work a long match. It's certainly not something on the level of a WrestleMania sure. main card match. Um, you know, this will be Nia Jax's longest match, probably. This could be. Is this is it, is WrestleMania going to be Bray Wyatt's like fourth match in the last calendar year? He has not wrestled a lot. You're right, <laughs> um, and he was in a tag team for a lot of no, them. No, he, he he's wrestled. He's wrestled more than I give him credit for. But um, I mean, we're not thinking about house shows. You know, I was when I was talked to the Big Show for this piece I'm writing for Bleach Report. Um, Big Show was like, yeah, you know, I'm winding down my career, and I said, oh, you, yeah, you're not really working a full time schedule because you're not on TV. And he's like, no, man, I'm doing the house show loop. Sure, I'm on the road. I'm working matches. You just don't see them. We just we need a new chant. Fans out there, that I, since since probably there's a million people listening to this, they could easily start a chant at, at any given arena. Instead of you can't wrestle, we just need the can you, can wrestle, you wrestle question mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love when this people idea. are entering the ring. You're um, on fire today with that and the the uh, kayfabe metrics. You're on fire. We got well, kayfabe metrics is an old joke. The uh, we got to talk about Triple H's various promos this week and also get to some Twitter questions. But before we do, uh, a quick word from one of our sponsors. Protecting your home should be easy, right? Unfortunately, it's not. Instead, getting home security can often mean countless installation appointments, drilling holes in your walls, and getting locked into contracts that make you wonder if it's even worth it. Well, your home is worth it. Your family's safety is worth it. And that's why Simply Safe is making it simpler than ever before to protect them. With Simply Safe, you can get comprehensive, professionally monitored home security right online. Each Simply Safe system is a thoughtfully assembled security arsenal. From entry and motion sensors to a high-definition security camera, you'll have everything you need to keep your family safe. And best of all, there's no long-term contracts or hidden fees ever. No wonder CNET called it comprehensive, easy-to-use protection and named it Editor's Choice for Home Security in 2014. 
Order today and be protected by the end of the week. And get an exclusive 10% discount when you go to simplysafe.com slash ringer right now and order your Simply Safe system. That's simplysafe.com slash ringer. And this episode of the Masked Man Show is also brought to you by BetDSI.com. March Madness is finally underway, and there's no better place to bet on games than BetDSI. It's a top-rated business on sportsbook review sites. BetDSI is the largest sportsbook online with over 20 years in business. Their live in-game wagering lets you make plays throughout entire games while they're live and running. You can even bet while on the go with BetDSI mobile betting. Not to mention, BetDSI has built a reputation of being completely dependable, so you can count on them to repay your winning fast. And if you ever have any questions, BetDSI's customer service is awesome, and it's available 24-7, 365. And now, in honor of March Madness, BetDSI is having a million-dollar bracket contest for all of our listeners. Entries free, and because completing a perfect bracket is close to impossible, they're offering prizes for best overall March Madness brackets as well. Best of all, you get a free 25 bucks credit just for registering, as well as a 200% bonus with the first time with your first time deposit when you use the promo code BSPN25. That's a 200% bonus on first time deposits with promo code BSPN25 at betdsi.com. And this episode of the Masked Man Show is also brought to you by our new wrestling podcast, Missing Ron Simmons. But my name is Ron Simmons. I'm from Warner Robins, Georgia. I play middle guard, 6'1", 238. That's Ron Simmons. Or maybe you know this Ron Simmons. Damn! Or maybe you might remember this Ron Simmons. Damn! And then, one night, when my internet cut out, Ron Simmons was gone. Damn! And now, I'm missing Ron Simmons. Damn. You've been watching the in the March Madness tourney? Off and on, yes. You know, being a sports Until writer, they, I am forced contractually to watch college basketball. I was watching a lot of it this weekend. R.I.P. Duke. And uh oh man. What is it what is it what is a pay-per-view when the when your biggest heel goes out that early in the show? Oh my god. You know what I realized this week? No, what? Dick Vital is Enzo Amore. This is important. These guys are like Enzo Amore is a trendsetter in many ways. Mm-hmm. But if we could get Enzo Amore on the mic, just reading lines from like Dick Vital catchphrases, <laughs> you would be shocked. I get they're the same. They, they're the same person. Well, let's go the opposite direction and say, can we get Dick Vital to cut an Enzo Amore promo, or better yet, redo his very strangely erotic Georgia Gold KFC commercial, <laughs> where he starts talking about wanting to take a bucket of chicken on a date. Um, Enzo hasn't done a KFC commercial for WWE yet, have they? Yeah, they have. Enzo and Cass? Oh, they did one. Yeah, well, I only know this because I finally caught up with Southpaw Regional Wrestling. So good. And at the, the pre-roll ad for every episode is the Georgia Gold KFC commercial. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, anyway, uh, I would give anything for to, to get Dick Vitale. You know, Ron, well, we're doing a we're doing a piece about him on the Ringer. Maybe I can maybe I can talk to the writer and get him just to say, "Hey, can you say cup of haters for me?" It's a cup of haters, baby. Um, that's a really good impression. Thanks. You're man. welcome, baby. Yeah. Um, 
All right, Triple H. Uh, Triple H did the uh, the uh, the bicycle this week. Um, he did. He cut a great promo on on uh, on Raw, uh, calling out Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. It'd be really awesome if Seth Rollins just like took a pass on that like like you know what, what was the what's the contract terms? The hold no harmless, hold, hold harmless. harmless. <laughs> Which is funny because then Daniel Bryan tweets out, "Got to learn more about these hold harmless contracts yeah. for matches because you know so he's great. chomping the bit to wrestle." Um, but yeah, so that, I thought that was a that was that was good Triple H. This, this whole week was good Triple H. I mean, the the just that backstage moment where he said, "Have it, I stay" to Mick Foley was just excellent, and. Um, and then the promo I thought was, you know, it was vintage Triple H for better or for worse, but I really enjoyed it. And then he was on first take the next day, which is just so bizarre. Um, just seeing him in that place. Yeah. Seeing them. I mean, listen, there's probably some gigantic essay to be written if it wasn't already written at the, you know, if enough wasn't already said at the ele- during the election about the sort of WWEification of the entire culture. Um if any part of ESPN is just clearly pro wrestling at this point, it's first take. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just it's arbitrary heel and phase alignments, yeah. and just yeah, promo cutting left and right. But it was funny to see Stephen A. Smith to some extent, but especially Kellerman, just sort of like figuring out the right way to embrace Triple H as their guest. Kellerman actually just asked a lot of. I mean, he wasn't trying. He wasn't working. He was just asking very good questions that. Or real questions. I, I have no idea if this is the case, but I have a feeling he's probably a, a fan. Um, that's a really interesting point. Yeah, I don't know, I but I think he probably out. is. Um, but anyway, or he hates it. That's the thing. If you're a boxing <laughs> fan, you're either like all in, or yeah, you just think it's the worst thing crap. ever. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then he did, like I said, he did Rosenberg's podcast. Triple H has been everywhere this week, man. One of the best spokespeople for WWE that there's ever been. He's so good. Um I was I was texting with you with you and Steve and Dan and uh we were talking about his uh, appearance on First Take and and uh I believe it was me who said there was no way Vince McMahon could do to could pull that off. Oh, could sure. go on to ESPN to First Take and not get offended by something. Yeah, not try to choke uh, <laughs> Stephen A. Smith. Um but yeah, so anyway, I I uh I had a I, re- I enjoyed Triple H being everywhere. Yeah. He's really, really good at what he does. And like the best wrestling promos, like he can say, like he was giving information about like the performance center in Orlando on first take that I knew and I probably heard him say, and it always just feels fresh and interesting. He's very good at being a spokesperson. He's great at being a spokesperson. Um, we talk about this a little bit in this in our interview with Bruce Pritchard, which is, which is about to come up. Before we get there, we have a couple of Twitter questions. All right. So first of all, we have a tweet. We got We got We got to get out of here because we have to. <laughs> we have to put this on the end. Yeah. We have to put the interview on the end of the show. Um, so let's do. Let's do a speed round. Question number one is from at Main Man One, and it's a photo of the uh, Wyatt family beatdown of Randy Orton from last night's SmackDown, and there is a picture uh, of. A guy in a, a sheep mask who looks surprisingly like Dean Ambrose. So the question is, is that Dean Ambrose, and is Dean Ambrose joining the Wyatt family, and we just have no idea? No, but you know who else, speaking of which, you know who else looks a lot like Dean Ambrose is Luke Harper, who's been, who apparently was wrestling this week in a, in a black tank top and more form-fitting jeans. Oh, Good. Good. It's time. It's time for he's him to get rid of. He's lost a bunch of weight, and he's like he's he looks diesel now. He's ready to rip it up. Um, real quick, at Reading WB makes a point to say that it was Paul Bear. Paul Bear was played by um, Paul Heyman during the Punk Taker feud, and not by CM oh, that's Punk. That's right. You had said it was CM Punk. 
Why um, do I have a very vivid memory of CM Punk in a fat suit? With, I don't like, know. Wayne fa- face paint. I think you're thinking of when Kevin Nash played Vince McMahon on on Thunder. Wait. No, Kevin Nash played Arn Anderson. He also he also played Vince McMahon. <laughs> Look we it need up. a supercut of wrestlers like <laughs> playing, playing other people. Um, okay, love the show, but why do you pronounce Oscar with a sh sound? Asks at Eric XLO. Because I like I said before earlier in the show, I don't listen to the announcers enough. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's definitely Oscar. Um, let's see if we got any more here. We have a lot of tweets about the Dennis Jam Battle Royal. We've talked about potentially doing this as its own the separate Dennis episode. Memorial Battle Royal. Memorial Battle Royal. Um, so we're, we'll get to that soon. Keep sending us those to at uh, Mass Man Show on Twitter. We will definitely do this. Maybe its own episode. Maybe not. Um, no, I'm excited about this. I guess I want to see these. Maybe. Oh, and finally at G. Ether101 asks, why would you rather be at a house show instead of WrestleMania, which is what you said last week? I would rather be... Well, I've, I've talked about this before on the show. The, I, I don't go to that many house shows, obviously. I mean, there's only so often it comes through your town. But I went to one out here in L.A. soon after I moved out here, um, and it was at Staples Center. It was a full size, and it was, my, it was so much fun. I mean, it was just so good. And I think, there, I don't, without being too long-winded about it, I there's nothing like being a part of a great... Uh, you know, raw in Brooklyn crowd, or or, go, or the, the the epitome is the raw after WrestleMania. To be a part of a great smarky crowd, or you're chanting everything, you're a full party to you know, you're like kind of hijacking the show. That's fun, you know. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong, I love that stuff, but that's most of what I experience. There's, I at this point, I prefer there's something just magical and wonderful about a house show because the crowd is. There's no cameras. The crowd's not playing the camera. And instead, we direct all of our energy towards making the show better. Yeah. And you're all just, you. It, and it's not like a conscious decision. You sit down, the lights go down, and that's part of it. The light, it's darker in there. It's like a spotlight on the ring. And it just it just happens naturally. You're just part of, you're part of the fabric in a very old-fashioned way of, like, cheering for the faces and booing the heels and just interacting. And it's just this wonderful, cool feeling. And if you can... We were talking about it last week. If you can, on top of that, give us a give you know give the crowd a giant surprise like Triple H and Finn Balor are wrestling tonight. Oh man, I mean that's where I would rather be. And I'm and and, and there's also the thing where I'm just like a dis like I'm just a I, I've been to WrestleMania enough times and and I love it and everybody should go and everybody should pay whatever WWE wants you to pay to go. <laughs> um, you should definitely do it once or twice or if it's in your home you know if it keeps coming to your hometown go over and over again. But um, you know, it's it's I've done it before, and 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 it's uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's going to be nine and a half hours this year or something. On that note of WrestleMania weekend, last 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 question at WWPN Bello asks, was is a physical WWE Hall of Fame being stifled by the Trump effect, i.e., because Donald Trump, President of the United States, is in the WWE Hall of Fame? I don't think that has anything to do with it. I don't think the WWE, the WWE Hall of Fame, the physical WWE Hall of Fame, is not going to be like like forty statues of the people who are in. It's just going to be like a memorabilia spot. Yeah, it's going to be a place to buy T-shirts. It's going to be like the Hard Rock Cafe or the WWE the World. I wait, feel like what's it called WWE New York was what it was. WWF New York. Wasn't it, not, it wasn't the. It world was called the, the World after they changed over to WWE. Oh, okay. Uh, I think they're probably more concerned about Sonny being in the Hall of Fame than Donald Trump. 
there's a lot of people they could be concerned about being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. All right. Well, those are our questions for this week. Keep sending them at Mass Man Show or to me at Dave underscore. One show. more addendum to the previous question. Also, WrestleMania works better when you're watching it at home. So anyway, without further ado, is uh, a little sneak preview of our talk with Bruce Pritchard. We talked to him for an hour. We're going to release it next week, probably in pieces. Apologies to Dean Ambrose, and we'll see you back next week, uh, probably earlier than usual. So check your feeds, humanoids. We are joined now by the one, the only, the uh, the, the wrestling legend, and, and these days the, uh, the podcasting legend, Bruce Pritchard. Bruce, how are you doing today, man? Man, I'm excellent. Thank you, guys. Uh, legend. That that's that's kind of just fast and loose with a term, you know. We're just trying to put you uh, over, Bruce. That's our job uh, today. Well, is to put you over. I used to be over. <laughs> Which you can get on ProWrestlingTees.com. <laughs> there um, you go. Listen, everybody knows you from your from your history with WWE, and I'm sure everyone listening to this uh, knows of your your podcast, uh, Something to Wrestle with Bruce, Bruce Pritchard. Uh, if you don't know it, you got to listen to it. It's uh, the on, literally the only wrestling podcast I listen to on a regular basis, uh, and that's including my own. Um, Listen, we have a lot of WrestleMania talk we want to get to, but right off the top, I'm just sort of I'm just sort of captivated by um, by you know your your current uh, podcasting career. I know you're you're back with TNA now, but you started off in the business with Paul Bosch, who one of the weird eccentricities about his career is that he did wrestling radio, I believe. Um, and now you're doing this podcasting thing, uh, take, spending a lot of your time doing that. What do you think? Paul Bosch would have said if he had heard one of your podcasts and how much you're breaking down the behind the scenes goings on of the wrestling world. Probably roll over in his grave just uh, telling me about how I'm killing the business. But if we were to listen to all the pundits over the years, the business would have been dead a long time ago. Uh, yeah, Triple H was on ESPN this morning as we're recording this. Um, and, uh, you know, I was just totally captivated by the way that he just sort of you know, uh, in, in engaged uh, as if, you know, uh, on kind of both halves of the co- both sides of the coin and wrestling, they kind of treated it as if wrestling was legit, but also they're, you know, kind of winking at the audience. Uh, what, what is the tightrope that someone like Triple H walks when they do a mainstream interview like that? You know, it's kind of a tough role to play because on one end of the spectrum you are viewed by the general audience as you know a bad guy authority figure on the other side of that spectrum you're viewed as the heir apparent and the guy that's running everything behind the scenes these days the two you know those lines aren't nearly as blurred as they used to be so you got you do you got to kind of walk that tightrope and i think that it's no different than having an actor who also happens to be the executive producer on a film go out and talk about his role and and just embracing that role and becoming one with it and then also hey by the way folks he he's the executive producer of this movie too i think it all goes hand in hand the audience is much more sophisticated now i was talking to uh, the big show recently about social media and how the people in WWE now are dealing with the fact that they have to sometimes be in kayfabe on Twitter and sometimes they you know like the Sasha Banks of the world or or 
uh, or Charlotte are often, you know, talking to each other or to the fans as themselves. And, and do you think that there's an, a better or a worse way to sort of deal with kayfabe on social media? Because um, you're, you're, you know, doing quite well on Twitter right now. I think that the kayfabe of old is dead. I don't think that there. I think people view the talent as ordinary people with real lives and and real uh, careers outside of the business. I think that you can go into any business and any company in the world, any relationship in the world, and understand, especially in business, that there's a business relationship, a relationship, and then there's a personal relationship. You may not like someone in the business world, but you get along with them after work having a few beers. It's it's no different in, in sports and entertainment and everything else. So, again, the times have changed, and I think that if you don't adapt and you don't grow, you get gobbled up and die. Speaking of which... Uh, you know, there's the wrestling world. In some ways, gets bigger all the time, and in some ways, it keeps consolidating in the uh, in, in the backyard of WWE. Um, but talking about you know growing and, and moving on, have you talked to anybody at WWE since you started doing your podcast? And is there, uh, you know, is there, I mean, I just find it kind of amazing that of all the wrestlers that have left WWE, you probably put got yourself over post WWE more than anybody else. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I do speak to a few friends that I have there, probably speak to more people that used to work there than I ever did before. But it's, um, yeah, I, I think for the most part, they're aware of it. They've heard it. They listen to it. And there's also, I'll tell you the funny thing, whenever I get a an order at BrucePritchard.com that has a 203 area code, <laughs> Because I call everybody that orders a shirt. That's always interesting because I've had quite a few that, that kind of say, oh, hey, and, and by the way, man, I, I work there. And do you know this guy? <laughs> so that's always fun. Are there any talents, uh, current or, or former, that have bought shirts that you've <laughs> then called and been like, oh, hey, I know it's X person and how are you doing and that kind of thing? No, but there have been a few writers that have that, that I worked with before or that kind of came after me and uh, quite a few folks in production, which was pretty cool. But no, no talent. I've, I've uh, made sure that there are talent that that have their share of merchandise to, to plug for me, but none that I know of that have bought any. Well, they get all their, they get all the free T-shirts they can wear anyway. So they, they exactly. Really, yeah. All right. I, I do want to bring up one thing. Um, and that is Andre the Giant, because um, the big boss over here, Bill Simmons, is producing an Andre the Giant documentary for HBO, and uh, we're really excited about that. And you probably are are one of the most capable people to talk about Andre in the world, besides Vincent Kennedy McMahon or Shane or Stephanie. Um, so what do you? I don't know if you're familiar with the project or the fact that it's coming out, but what do you? What would you like to see in the definitive Andre documentary? I think that Andre is a whole, just such a fascinating human being. To be able to tell that story from a giant perspective, and what I mean by that is, here was a guy seven four, five hundred pounds. You know, now he wasn't. He ballooned up to 500 pounds later in his career. But he traveled the world. And he traveled the world as a giant. No matter where he went, no matter what he did, 
he was gawked at and stared at and people would ooh and ah it everything he did no matter where he was what he was doing he never truly got to experience normalcy except give for the times that you know he was on his his ranch in North Carolina was the one time that you know he could really just be himself and not have anybody looking at him like ooh and ah but even then you go back and you look at the the special recliner that he had there um everything was bigger <laughs> a little bit bigger for a giant but those fascinating things having tony llama make him custom boots that you know the first time that he had custom cowboy boots and how much he loved them um paul bosch making him a wristwatch out of a giant pocket watch yeah i remember that from your, your houston wrestling episode that was crazy right and and just you know people in general looking at him like oh my god you know he, he's the giant and constantly you know smiling and posing for pictures whether he was in a good mood or a bad mood and sometimes he could be a grumpy giant he could be a very grumpy giant at times but i think that to analyze life is a giant would be it's just fascinating to me going to japan and and having to lay in a bed that is built for the average japanese which yeah. their average height is, is under six feet. And here you got somebody seven foot four with, you know, his calves hanging off the edge of the bed, not being able to fit in a bathroom, in a toilet in Japan, and having to take a dump on newspaper. <laughs> oh, my God. So, you know, those are things that people kind of, well, gosh, I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they didn't think about having the, the plane trip to Japan, and how in the hell is he going to relieve himself? I mean, I, even the idea of him being on the plane seems uh, not manageable because of his size. I mean, I, I'm I'm really excited to to find out more about him, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's one of the most, if not the most important professional wrestling figure of, of his time. I'm just thinking about that newspaper now. I mean, if that, if that was, somebody would be selling that on eBay if that were today. March Madness is finally underway, and there's no better place to bet on games than Bet DSI. Their live in-game wagering lets you make plays throughout the games, at home, or on the go. And now, in honor of March Madness, BetDSI is having a million-dollar bracket contest for our listeners. You get a free $25 credit just for registering, as well as a 200% bonus on your first deposits when you use the promo code BSPN25.